Welcome, everyone. Today's episode of the Heat Assist Podcast. I'm David, and I'm joined by. Hey guys, I'm Steven. Hey everybody, I'm Carson. In today's episode, we gotta talk about some recent、uh, news during the NBA scrimmage.、Uh, these games that. Are finally happening. NBA games are finally happening, and the Heat already played two games. And then afterwards, we will give some player development, some、uh, player updates, and then we will continue what we where we left off last week, where we continue our preview of the season and just go by our game of the day for each、uh, for each game of the regular season. But first, some recent news.、Uh, as mentioned last week, Bam Adebayo. Will be joining、uh, the Miami Heat in Orlando, and Kendrick Nunn also joined them. And this was last Tuesday, and both were in Orlando. They both clear posted two negative tests, so they're cleared to play. But they were held out of the first scrimmage game against the Sacramento Kings, where、uh, the Heat won. Strong game by Duncan Robinson and Jimmy Butler. Before moving on to the Jazz game, where the Heat lost. But I think Carson, you have more news about that. Well, for the、uh, Jazz game, Bam Adebayo didn't play,、mm-hmm. as well as Jimmy Butler. They didn't play. They lost to, that game. Was、uh, the score was one hundred one to ninety nine? But the good news was about that game was Kelly Olynyk had a monster game. It、yes. was really impressive to see Kelly Olynyk play really well. But other than that, that was pretty much it. No Bam Adebayo, no Jimmy Butler. Kendrick Nunn did play,、okay. but not not too much. Yeah, his first game back, he kind of struggled a bit, but. Obviously, it's just good to see him play, yeah, and have no, hopefully, no repercussion from COVID nineteen. Hopefully, next time we'll see at least Bama Bio still waiting for his debut and seeing how he performs,、uh, because you know the regular season is starting next week, so there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of prep time for for Bama Bio to get ready for the regular season. So hopefully, when the season starts, he comes out strong. If there's nothing else about that, I think we can move on to. Our preview of the regular seasons,、uh, which games we think are the best one for each day, and we left off last time. We left off on August eighth. In this game, besides the Miami Heat versus the Phoenix Suns, there's still some interesting games、uh, out there.、Uh, which games did you guys pick? I picked the Clippers and Trailblazers. I think that there's some intriguing competitive games out there, but I don't think any of them are that important in the sense that, for example. The Lakers and Pacers, for one, you know, Pacers are not a bad team, but I don't see the Lakers losing that. The、yeah. Bucks and Mavericks is, you know, you're talking about the Bucks. So as much as I want to see how Giannis and Luca do against each other, it's gonna be very one-sided, I think. I would have been interested in the Jazz and Nuggets, except for Bogdanovich being out for the season. I think it's a huge blow for the Jazz. And so I I see the Nuggets coming out on top of that convincingly, and so that leaves the Clippers and Blazers where I think people are sleeping on the Blazers.、Uh, I think they're going to be at full strength and very urgent to win. So, you know, I could see them stealing this one and giving a very good fight against the Clippers. So for me, you you mentioned the Jazz and Nuggets. That's That's the series I'm interested in. I mean, what you said is very true. Not having Bogdanovich, it's a huge blow for the Jazz, and the Jazz are actually during their season series they lost both games to the Nuggets. You know, I think at this point in the season, August eighth, you know, that's like the midway point of the regular season. That's where teams are going to be at their strength, at their best, and you're going to see a lot about. This team, so I, I mean, this game, the Nuggets versus the Jazz, is really exciting to me because I want to see what the Jazz are made of,、uh, how they could overcome their their all their shortcomings, all the weaknesses they have, because, I, like I said, it's not a good matchup for the Jazz because in their last meeting, the Jazz lost both times, but in their last game,、uh, Nikola. Jokic blew up against the Jazz, where he had a triple double: thirty-one points, twenty-one rebounds, ten assists, and this was against Rudy Gobert. So rebounds, good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> against Rudy Gobert too. Like, and he was just picking apart the Jazz defense with his passing. So with Jokic slimming down and him playing as a point guard in one of their scrimmage game, like, can we see more of that? <laughs> Like that'll be interesting to see, but I want to see how 
how the, how would the Jazz respond to that? And if they could really learn from their mistakes, if Coach Snyder can really lead the Jazz to this victory, because Donovan Mitchell also struggled against the uh, Nuggets. I mean, he Tory Craig for the Nuggets seems to be a be able to handle Donovan Mitchell. I mean, in the last game in in the one 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 to one possessions, Tory Craig limit Donovan Mitchell to three out of eight uh, field goal. And he, he, uh, Torrey Craig even had a big block in on Donovan Mitchell in the closing minute of that game. So I, I just want to see if the Jazz can overcome this. The odds are seem to be stacked against them, but I have faith in their coaching. And, and then my last point is I just want to see how well Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are faring after, you know, coming down COVID-19. Um, I just want to see if they have any long-lasting symptoms or if their endurance is still are, are, or are they still playing big minutes? I think lingering symptoms is something I worry about because a report I read uh, back in June, it was saying Rudy Gobert, three months after his diagnosis, he still hasn't got full sense of his smell back. He still has trouble. He doesn't have, he can't smell 100% yet. And that's a little concerning. I mean, maybe that doesn't really affect his basketball game, but like we don't know what kind of lingering effects these players could have. That's very interesting, David. That's a very good point. I'm also wondering if how is your relationship? I think Gobert and Mitchell they kind of yeah. made up again, but who knows if that's just for the media and just to help the team focus on the rest of the season. But you know, a lot of there was a very significant rift between the two players because of how Gobert handled his, you know, the fact that he was pos- possibly. Uh, COVID positive at the time when it first happened and mm-hmm. you know it was very very public as uh, how upset Donovan Mitchell was at the whole thing so um, they got a lot of hurdles I think that you know I don't want to write the Jazz out I, Bogdanovich is a big big part of their team but I think for me they're one less good grace of hope for this season in particular is to see if Mike Conley can step up right I think one of the biggest issues he's had uh, in the last few years is that he's always been injury prone, like very significant injuries where he's playing not at his optimal, uh, not playing to what his potential is, partially due to the fact that he's always injured. And so I think that's that could be a very big reason as to why he hasn't been playing well for the Jazz this year. But if this time off has allowed him to heal and maybe play to his off, well, I don't think it ever was an all-star, even though I do feel like he was an all-star potential point guard back with the Memphis Grizzlies um Mm -hmm. you know if he's at that capacity I think the Jazz will be very dangerous but it's it'll you know it'll take that amount of effort from Mike Conley to put the Jazz in that position which I think will be very hard to do yeah for sure yeah that's a good point I'm glad you brought up Mike Conley because I also (laughs) picked this game as the, the game I want to pick for that to watch for that day Mainly because of Mike Conley. As you guys know, Mike, this is his first year, Mike Conley's first year with the Utah Jazz. He has not been having a really great season so far. I think he's been averaging, uh, I believe, 13 points per game, a little over 13, which is really, really low for a, <laughs> for him, yes. for, uh, for a caliber of a kind of player like Mike Conley is. And just to add on to that fact about the last time that the Jazz played against the Nuggets, the Nuggets beat the Jazz with only seven active players. Just just think about that. Seven active players. They they only had two players who rotated in, and that was it. And they still beat the Jazz. Now, I will like to... Mike Conley did have a good game uh, when he was playing against the the Nuggets. I think he scored like he scored 21 points. But you, you want to know if it's consistent and it will carry over. Mm-hmm. Now, with this three-month hiatus that, the, that he has, I'm hoping that we'll see a better... I guess the version of what Mike Conley, of what we thought he was going to be with the Jazz uh, before the season started. Because so far, it, I thought he would play better, and he, it hasn't met my expectations of what he thought, what I thought he would be. Because I, I had the Jazz as one of like the top contenders in the West mm-hmm. because they got Mike Conley. But so far, I haven't seen enough. To, I haven't seen enough to like help me support. You're not convinced yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty much yes. I'm not convinced that the Jazz are, are there yet. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, man. I, I, I had a huge expectations for the yeah. Jazz. And, like, growing up, I, I, I used to watch Carl Malone and John Stockton, so I always like to <laughs> keep up with the Jazz a little bit. 
But uh, when they got Mike Conley, I was super excited because I, wa- I was always high on him when he used to play for the Grizzlies. Yep. But, you know, it's been kind of like Carson mentioned, it's been kind of lackluster this year. And I'm thinking it's partially due to injuries. He's yep. never been the type of player to mention or publicly say, you know, I'm playing bad because I'm hurt. You know, you just can't help but see that he is not playing like, and, you know, he's been in the NBA for a long time. So it's kind of hard to put that sort of expectations on a player that's, you know, I would think is age-wise past his prime, but you know he's been playing very so par for the Jazz. You know you you were expecting to see some kind of stability, at least an mm-hmm. upgrade from uh, Ricky Rubio, right? But mm-hmm. it's been a downgrade for the most part this year. And you know I'm, I'm I'm rooting for him, hoping he would do better, and I'm rooting for the Jazz to do better. Uh, but we'll see. You know it's uh it'll be interesting to see how they how they do in that. It, it'll be a very good game, I think, but. You know, I think it'll be up to Mike Conley to step up and put the Jazz on the map. Yeah, good points. All right, so then on to our next game on August 9th. I'll just start it off. Mainly, and okay. there's only one reason why I want to watch this game. It's the Pacers against the Heat. And there's only one reason <laughs> why. I just want to see TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler play against each other. It's pretty much it. Well, for me, but the recent use of Sabonis being out yeah. really hurt their chances. Like, it pretty much... They're, I think they're pretty much gonna be the sixth seed and that's that's basically it yeah that that matchup the jimmy butler and tj warren matchup is it's gonna be exciting but without uh sabonis there i feel like the, the game even though we all i think we all picked the heat to win like it seems like it's even more likely that that will happen for sure yeah i, I just want to mention real quick that the pacers and heat are playing on the 10th of august so we skipped the date. We skipped the 9th of August real quick. But we'll, we'll finish the 10th of August first. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm i with David. Like, Well, I, I, I'm obviously going to watch the Heat versus Pacers. But, you know, giving us a bonus is that I think it's very less competitive. You know, I, I already thought that the Heat were a superior team. And now that Sabonis is not going to play. And he's a huge part of the Pacers at this point. I don't think it's going to be competitive at all. But... For the for August tenth, I I would probably watch the Bucks and Raptors. Yes, because I think that's you know that's the no, number one spot and the second spot of the, of the East, right? The number one seed and the second seed. Mm-hmm. So, and I like those two teams very much because they're very good defensive teams, right? And I I don't know. I just I like I like the matchups where uh, you know I want to see how Giannis deals with the Raptors, you know when when the Raptors are fully healthy without Kawhi. And, um, you know, I, I really like seeing Siakam becoming a, uh, a prominent all-star in the league. You know, I, 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 this entire season, he's been just getting better and better as an offensive threat. But we can't forget that he's also a very good uh, defensive player. Not to mention that the Raptors are going to have OG and Anobi, right? You know, he didn't play last year in the, in the playoffs because of injury. And, you know, watching him play throughout the season... Ananobi has he's he's a great player. Well, I want to say great, but he's a very good defensive player. And having that extra big body to take to play defense on Giannis, I think it's very important. Um, especially now they don't have Kawhi. So, anyways, like you know, they played a few times this year already. I, it's just to me, it's just such a high level basketball game, especially on the defensive end. I'm just uh, it's very intriguing to see what they're going to do or how they're going to come out and play. Yeah, I also had this game as well. My only concern for this game is the Bucks have such a big lead over the Raptors, six point five games. Um, I'm I'm worried that by the time they these two teams play, it wouldn't. I'm afraid the Bucks won't even try it at all if <laughs> if they That's still cool. have that six point five lead. But yeah, I'm hoping for a good matchup as well. Uh, I'm just curious to see. You know, see, you mentioned they played already. The Bucks lead the series two zero, but. What you know? What was the constant in that game was you know Giannis Antetokounmpo was able to be a huge factor in in both those wins, and I want to see if the maybe the Raptors won't use it during the regular season. But I want to see them try to you know replicate the their defensive efforts, the defensive uh, collaboration team effort they had in the playoffs against the Bucks. You know, without Kawhi Leonard there, see if they could replicate that. Uh, at least for at least a short period of time, you know, I, I kind of want to see how they could handle Giannis Antetokounmpo in that matchup. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's one of those things that I really like watching is how um, 
Nick Nurse adapts, right, to matchups, mm-hmm. like we saw in the playoffs last year. Uh, he would just throw random defensive schemes. Not random, but, you know, schemes that you you don't usually see in a professional game, like the, the box and one, things like that. And, uh, you know, and he put the wall up to stop Giannis in the playoffs last year. So um, I think they could do the same thing if they wanted to without Kawhi. And uh, I think it's uh, just a matter of everyone's healthy. I don't think they had um, a, the Spaniard's name, uh, Marcus Saul. Yeah. yeah. So you know he's he's the he's the guy that anchors that defense down. You know if, yeah. you, if you're playing against someone big. So and seeing him healthy, a fully healthy Bucks team and a fully healthy Raptors team is, uh, you know, that's should be some good quality games, man. I don't know if this um, if this is worth mentioning, but uh, this just in because I just read this. Embiid sat out today's scrimmage game against the OKC because of a right calf tightness, hmm. and he's listed as day to day, which is not looking good for the 76ers right now. I think that means he's out of shape. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's just like uh, it's probably cramps, right? Like you haven't played in a long time. He's a you know big individual, so. Having calf tightness or calf strains right out of right out of a big layoff and getting back into full basketball play mode, it's I mean I think that's expected for a lot of players. So especially mm-hmm. for him, like I said, he's really mm-hmm. big. So hopefully, I'm just trying to be optimistic. Hopefully, it's not something really big. Uh, I just read that he's not playing. Anyways, sorry before I uh, interrupted that. Thought that was important to share. Oh yeah, for sure. So if that concludes the games for the August 10th, let's go back to August 9th and pick our games of the day for that. Well, I'll start because, you know, speaking of Embiid, I picked the Sixers versus the Trailblazers in this day just because, and I hope Embiid is healthy and engaged during this game because I like to see the matchup or the rematch of him versus Hassan Waisai. They kind of had a little rivalry going on in the playoffs uh, when Hassan Waisai was still with the Heat and... Even even when uh, when Hassan Whiteside was on the Heat in the regular season, you know he Hassan Whiteside always seemed to that always that matchup always seemed to bring the best out of Hassan Whiteside just to motivate him to show that he can compete against the best. Um, unfortunately, to me, it didn't seem like he really did it against the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> part of the reason why the Heat lost in that playoff series against the Seventy Sixers. But yeah, I want to see how. If Whiteside is bringing it against um, Embiid during this season, and not only that, but I think it's also a good matchup for uh, Yusuf uh, Nurkic, just be- just how important he is to this Blazers team. He's gonna be one of the reasons why they're gonna be contending for the eighth seed. He opens up so many more options for them uh, than Hassan Whiteside. He he's actually relevant in the pick and roll for the Trailblazers, and that he's actually offensive threat in the pick and roll and he and his passing skills is is very vital it's, it's so vital that he he has a 25 percent uh usage percentage which is the number of plays made for that player while he's on the floor and to give a little comparison bam bio has about a 21 percent usage percentage so you know nurkic is very vital for this trailblazers offense i think it's a good matchup against the 76ers where nurkic could dominate and he won't Joel Embiid plays to Nurkic's strength. Like, he's a good post defender. And I feel like he could really contain, uh, or he could really p- compete against Joel Embiid. I kind of agree. Yeah, I, I agree with David. It's an interesting matchup. I also picked that game for a similar reason to right. watch uh, the Wait, before you, before you continue, I also picked that game. So you can continue <laughs> on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, uh, I really want to see how Nurkic, that, that, like David mentioned, would be a really good test for Nurkic because of his strengths and how he coming back from such a gruesome injury you know this would be a really good test for him to really go up against one of the elite big men in the league you know like david said his passing is so crucial for for the blazers they run a lot of the offense through him and much of the burden has been placed on lillard and cj mccullum and having Nurkic back is just going to alleviate and make their offense so much easier for those for those two backcourt players right who are known to be one of the best backcourt players but even as good as they are, they've been struggling through the regular season to get consistent wins, as shown through their record. Last year, they were, you know, the top four consistently, and now this year they're out of the playoffs. 
And I think it's mainly due to the fact that Nurkic has been gone. And that shows how valuable he is to, to the Blazers. So, um, like David said, it's definitely something to watch for in that matchup. It'll also be interesting to see, obviously, uh, Ben Simmons go up against a very big, strong lineup in the Blazers. Or, you know, they, the, the Blazers are very hefty in the front line with Nurkic, Hassan Whiteside, and Zach Collins. Mm-hmm. So, uh, having... You know, it'll be interesting to see if Ben Simmons is really going to be a true power forward or they're just, you know, semantics where he is quote-unquote power forward, but he's really still the point guard where the the Sixers will still run the offense through him like a regular point guard. So I think it'll be a good reason for... I wouldn't put Ben Simmons as a power forward in that position, in that situation. You know, probably put him as a, a traditional point guard like he's been playing his whole career just because... He's going to be undersizing against that that big, tall uh, front line that the Trailblazers have. But, mm-hmm. And I'm very curious to see how the 76ers are going to play because, you know, very likely that the Heat are going to play them in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. it's one good reason why to keep a close eye on this game to see how the 76ers match up against a very, uh, a very uh, big, strong lineup in the Trailblazers. They actually did play one time this season. Uh, both teams weren't healthy. Well, the Blazers obviously were missing a lot of players, but uh, Joel and B didn't play in that game. But it was just uh, Damian Lillard. They, the 76ers couldn't contain Damian Lillard. And so I want to see if they could also, if the Sixers would change anything and how they guard Damian Lillard. Yeah, that's hard to do, man. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> one of those players where he's either off or on, and you know, it. I think if he's not scoring, it's a matter of, it's just he's not. I don't know. I I give Lillard that much credit in the sense that if he wants to score, he's gonna score. Sure. And if he's not scoring, it's just one of those days, you know. Uh, so with that being said, yeah, I don't think the Sixers could can stop him. <laughs> you know, it's just a matter of if he's making if he's gonna be in that mode where he's making all his shots or not. But to Lillard's credit, he's not just a scorer, right? He facilitates for his team as well. So mm-hmm. I'm very high on Lillard. You know, I wasn't in the beginning, like early on in his career, but uh, he's even though the Blazers, I think the Blazers have been overachieving a lot, given that they don't really have a lot of. Um, I mean, I like C.J. McCollum, uh, but. As a second option, it's tough. You know, they don't really have that uh, MVP caliber quality player. So for Lillard to bring them to being a, you know, as far as like a, they were number two last year at one point, right, in the, mm-hmm. in, the in the seating. I think that's very impressive. So I give I give a lot of credit to Lillard for that. So, anyways, I went on a tangent. Uh, Lillard's a good player. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to August 11th and. I'll start with my pick. Uh, I'm interested in seeing the uh, Celtics versus the Grizzly. Yeah. That's interesting. I feel like in, by this time, August 11th, I feel like the AC is going to be really, uh, really tight, really close. So each game by either the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, or the Grizzlies are going to be must win games. And the Grizzly versus the Celtics. They actually met up once before in this uh, during the season, and it was a blowout in Boston uh, by the Celtics. It was so bad that you know John Morant, Jalen Jackson Jr., and Dylan Brooks they all struggled. But then they did, they only played like twenty minutes because it was a blowout. But I'm interested to see how you know just how they rebound from that. And like I said, this is most likely a must-win game for the Grizzlies. Player I am most interested in looking at. Not that. We know that Justice Winslow is out for the season again, and that he's not gonna be playing for the Grizzlies this season. I'm interested in seeing a player who was injured for the Grizzly before this um, temporary setback, the season delay by COVID-19. But it was it's Jalen Jackson Jr. He was injured and wasn't expected to make it uh, for the season, but luckily the season was delayed, and now he could continue resuming, helping the Grizzly make a playoff push. They have a big, talented power forward slash maybe center, but shooting almost 40% from threes in over six attempts a game. A great offensive player, expand the oppor- offensive opportunities for for the Memphis Grizzlies just because of, of his ability to shoot the ball. Uh, and you know, the biggest problem with him is his prowl. He fouls a lot, but I want to see if he could really handle the pressure 
in a big game situation. And I'm also interested in seeing how uh, Jonas Valanciunas plays. He played well in their last game together, but you know, obviously he punishes centers who don't have good post defense or big centers. So if a, if a team is going small ball and you know, the Celtics don't really have a good defensive center that could contain a big man, like a real big man, like Jonas Valanciunas, you like seeing an old school center post up. Like this would be a good game for that too. That interesting pick, David. Some good <laughs> points too. I see where you uh, the the uh, matchup, the stylistic matchups that are intriguing, and for that reason is why I actually picked a different game. Mm. I'm very interested in watching. Well, I I feel like it's not surprising because I've been picking the Blazers pretty much every single <laughs> day, but. Uh, <laughs> The fact that they're playing oh, the Mavericks, no, I find it so interesting because I do want to see uh, the matchup between Lillard and uh, Luca. You know, uh, Luca is much taller than Lillard, but they're pretty much their their go-to guys for each team. And uh, I also want to see how Porzingis does against a very good uh, uh, Blazers team, fully healthy. I think uh, it's interesting to see what potential the Mavericks have in this situation because I do place the Blazers as a very competitive team. Uh, poss- I, I would think the Blazers are a better team when they're healthy, even though they're seated lower, obviously due to injuries. But uh, I'm very interested to see how... Uh, mainly, I want to see how the Mavericks stack up against uh, what I feel like would be a very close competition, but a tough matchup because of their strong, uh, their strong front line. And I think that that'll mm-hmm. be a weakness for the Mavericks. Uh, I think the Mavericks they shoot a lot of threes, but uh, I also think they rely a lot on penetration to open up the the perimeter. If they're not able to drive in, they know they won't be able to drive in because of that tall front lo- front line. I don't see how they're gonna be able to, you know, open up the the, the perimeter. And so I think they'll struggle with that. From that standpoint, I think it'll be a very interesting matchup. And uh, I feel like the Blazers were going to have a very much uh, a very big advantage with uh, CJ McCollum and uh, and uh, Lillard pretty much having full reign, being able to penetrate and drive in into the into and go straight to the basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my pick for the day. I like that matchup a lot. Yeah, that's interesting because that's one of the regular season game I actually saw when they played earlier this season, and it was it was a game that Zach Collins injured himself. Uh, that's when he separated his his shoulder. But one part I like about that game was how um, the Mavericks picked on Hassan Whiteside. They put in Maxi Kleba, a, a shooting center, mm-hmm. to <laughs> try to take advantage. Pretty much of. draw him out. Yeah, <laughs> took advantage. Well, of. Hassan. Right, like reluctance to go out there. Um, <laughs> you could say that again. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's not gonna be as big of a problem this time because they have Nurkic back, so that should help a lot. But I want to see how if Hassan Whiteside would adjust to that. You're gonna keep that bench nice and warm. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, I remember that game. We talked about it as well. I think there it was a season. Yeah, and then uh, how clever just went crazy, but. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think uh, Nurkic or even Zach Collins are gonna allow those guys to just pretty much take their entire time to shoot threes. Like, right? <laughs> it was it was horrible. What like Hassan Weiss wasn't even trying. That's just how bad it was. But yeah. <laughs> with that being said, I think it'll be a much better uh, competitive game when the Blazers are fully healthy. So, mm-hmm. I'll I'll give you my game for that for that day then. Originally, I had the Blazers and the Mavericks as my choice for that day, but I changed my mind when I found out that the Nets were playing the Magic, (laughs) and that is the game I'm going with, the Nets against the Magic. Just so you guys know, the last time that the the Magic played the Nets, the score was 115 to 113. It was a really close game. Jonathan Isaac did not play for the Heat. I mean, the Heat. I meant Jonathan Isaac did not play for the Magic, and it looks like from what I'm reading right now, Jonathan Isaac might not even be able to play against the Nets um, on August 11th. Because uh, according to the injury uh, report, uh, the coach said, uh, Cliff, Coach Clifford said that Jonathan Isaac will still need about two to three weeks more to be able to be in game shape, to be able uh, to be ready to play. And that was reported last week on that was up. That injury history was updated last week on the 20th, July 20th. 
So wow, that's crazy. It's still, well. still going to be the same thing like, with the Nets and the uh, the Magic. Nets they didn't have Kyrie Irving or uh, Kevin Durant. Obviously, they didn't play that game as well, and it was still pretty much this close. Besides that, like you said, David, the Nets. Pretty much the net. This, the, you think the Nets are going to just spiral down? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. But I think if they win this, they have a shot to like. They might be able to keep their their spot or mm-hmm. at least get a higher spot because they kept up with the Magic in this game, even without their two superstars. And I, I still like the Nets a little bit with without Kyrie Irving. They, they played well. They were like a, one of those like gritty teams uh, last season without like a superstar. And I, I just feel like they still have a legitimate chance to. Well, they have a ch- not I wouldn't say chance, but they have the opportunity to prove people that they're still gritty. That they that what happened last season wasn't a fluke, and I feel like this is their chance to do it. Uh, I mean, I feel like Spencer didn't really help a lot with Kyrie Irving being injured. Um, yeah, but been also been playing pretty well without Kyrie Irving. Man, I am not optimistic with the Nets. I mean, <laughs> it's great that they did okay without. Kyrie and Duran, but they lost a lot of players besides those two due to the pandemic. Yeah. Like they're as bad as the Wizards. And <laughs> the Magic are not that bad, I don't think. <laughs> they, they've been they're in this position without Isaac and they've been playing for majority of the season and they've been consistent holding out this level. Although it's not a high level, it's you know, enough for a seven and eight seed. Whereas the Nets they just lost a lot of their players, man. I not optimistic that Karis LeVert can carry the this very depleted team. Yeah, that's a good point because I, I asked the player I'm most interested in seeing for the Nets is Karis LeVert, who's been injured most of the season and has been playing pretty subpar. Uh, so basically a full offseason for him. Can he recover and lead this Nets team to remain in the playoffs? I think that's a good point because a lot of his ups and downs, even though he's very young, is just his been injury plagued. And although it doesn't seem like there are like uh, career and injuries like ACL tears or their Achilles tendon, like he's just been never consistently on the basketball court. And it seems like it just kind of he's never in rhythm for a long enough time. But I do want to point out that playoff times, he he's stepped up. And I think that's where a lot of the hype comes from. He produced very well when, you know, he's giving the opportunity to shine in the, in the big stage or as big of a stage as you can get for the Nets, right, the past few seasons. So uh, it'll be interesting. A lot of people have a lot of hype and hopes for him to carry this Nets team uh, because there won't be anyone else. <laughs> it's like it Literally, it'll come to that, right? So it's his time to shine, and hopefully he's healthy enough and can conti- and continue to stay healthy. Because the Nets are probably going to play him 48 minutes. <laughs> so, yeah. I just think it's going to be a good matchup. It's going to be pretty close. Because the, the Magic mm-hmm. won that game by two points. It was 115-113. So, I think it'll be competitive. And I'd rather watch something competitive than some blowout. Because yeah. most, most of those games on the 11th, it looks like blowouts to me. All right. So, let's move on to August 12th where we have a Heat game, the Heat versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. But um, are there any other games you guys want to see for that day? Of course. <laughs> this, this whole day is full of nice games, man. You should just watch all of them. Uh, yeah, the Pacers really and Rockets. I, I would love to see the Rockets play. Um, Clippers versus Nuggets. Man, that's a good one, too. And then the Raptors versus the 76ers. Yes. I was going to say, just go watch all of them. Those are all really good. I mean, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to pick. What do you guys yeah, think? This is, I, I agree with you, Steven. This day was one of the hardest days to like pick a game. Because all, all four of them were really, are really good games to watch. Yeah, man. Super competitive. Like, yeah, all of them were competitive. They're, I don't think any of them are going to be blowouts. I mean, I, I guess the easiest one I, I would think is the Rockets versus the Pacers. That would give the Rockets a bigger edge. But even then, it would be entertaining, I think. Yeah. Just, just because of the high pace that Rock, the Rockets are going to put into the into the game. And then everyone's going to score, right? So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's like the 76ers and the Raptors. Like, that's a huge playoff, like, Eastern Conference matchup right there. And mm-hmm. if everyone's healthy, 
man. Like, you remember last year in the playoffs, Kawhi's, uh, game, uh, like, series game winning. Winner. Yeah, yeah, game winner. <laughs> oh, like, but he's not there anymore, right? Like, right. This, how how much better are the 76ers over the Raptors when Kawhi is not in the, in the mix, right? I, and I'm not convinced. I think the Raptors have a good chance of beating the 76ers again. And and then you have the Clippers and Nuggets. Clippers are uh, the Kawhi's new home, you know, playing a very good Nuggets team. And I think the Nuggets have a, a matchup advantage in the sense that they don't have anyone to contain Jokic, right? The Joker. Mm-hmm. But the Clippers are so deep and they're so good. You know, you have Kawhi, finals MVP from last year. Paul George and a huge depth in the bench. Um, it doesn't matter. I, I don't think they like they could just let Jokic do whatever they want and they would just you know smother everyone else. And then the Heat and Thunder obviously are a great great quality matchup as well. So I don't know. I I'll let you guys pick. They're they're all great games to me. Yeah, I agree. Well, if the one I picked was the Sixers versus the Raptors, uh, just because. I'm very intrigued by the matchup between Joel Embiid and Marcus Saul. Uh, just to recap, Marcus Saul is a very tough matchup for Joel Embiid. Um, it was so hyped up that after the first matchup uh, back in November, which the Raptors won, it was it was important because Marcus Saul held Joel Embiid to zero points in 32 minutes. Of, and if this game, they're both healthy. I would I would like to see if Joel Embiid could can overcome Mark Gasol because it really seems like Mark Gasol is his kryptonite. Doesn't seem like he fares well against that matchup at all. And and, and let's not forget that last season's playoff series between those two teams, Joel Embiid, uh, he was well the the word out there in, in the media was that he was sick, right? Something mm-hmm. was wrong with him. So he wasn't a hundred percent in shape. In shape, or he wasn't 100% healthy. It seemed like he was really not, you know, himself during those series. So, um, as a hard time as Gasol gave Embiid, you would assume that it was because Embiid wasn't healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I want to, like, like you mentioned, David, it'll be interesting to see how things shape up when everyone's healthy, right? Because it was a, such a close series last year. Like, it literally came down to the very last second of the Game 7 from a miracle shot by Kawhi to put him to a championship run, right? And, you know, it could have easily been the 76ers going into the finals. Maybe if Embiid was healthy, who knows? I don't know if he really wasn't healthy or whatever. But this is, you know, hopefully they're all going to be healthy this 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 time around and we'll see what happens. That's It's so intriguing. Yeah, well, just, just to... To clarify, this regular season, Joel Embiid, he played in two out of the three games uh, against the Raptors. He scored 10 total points in those two games. Oh, man. It's not <laughs> looking good. Yeah. It's not looking good. Well, I also want to bring this out because I also have the Raptors and the uh, 76ers as the game to watch that day. It's going to be pretty interesting because what I want to know is how the three-point um, is going to change for the 76ers against uh the raptors uh, if um i don't know if you guys pay attention to this but the raptors have the number one defense against a three-point for, mm. like uh for opponent uh defending against the opponent anybody who play who shoots threes against the raptors they shoot the lowest against the raptors they're number one they're also number six when it comes to their team their their whole team uh three-point average percent field goal mm. percentage number six the sixers are a different story <laughs> the Sixers are like fifth. They're fifteenth. Uh, they're ranked fifteenth in opponent field goal percentage. So they uh, how they hold the opponents. They're fifteenth. They're the fifteenth worst. You could say best. They're pretty much their middle of the pack. But they're number one when it comes to allowing their opponents shooting the most three point attempts. I think they lead. They lead the league with like over a thousand attempts shot for all the games. Uh, I, I think per game they're also number one. Because obviously the 76ers, they want to change their lineup, so they want to add more shooters to it. Mm-hmm. I really want to know how how that's going to fare well against the number one pretty much opponent uh, field goal percentage, uh, which is the Raptors. I want to know yeah. how that's going to change. I, w- I want to know if it's going to help them or maybe it's not going to help them at all. 
Because right. I've said this before, 76ers, they need shooters. Like, they can't operate with Joel Embiid. They can't operate with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons out there without shooters. Yeah, hopefully their their lineup changed by putting Shake Milton yeah. into the point guard role and putting Ben Simmons to the power forward. That, I mean, that seems like that gives them more shooting, but can that compete against the number one three-point yeah. you know, defense? Yeah, we'll yeah that will be a good test. I mean, it's a very it's a very impressive test if they're able to shoot really well against the the Raptors. Like this is their best chance. To add on to that, I'm not very optimistic, given what you just said, Carson. Like that's like if you compare the Sixers last year to this year, Mm -hmm. you know they like they lost Jimmy Butler, a very good uh, playmaker, Mm -hmm. uh, such player, and then they also lost JJ Redick. Yep, their best three point shooter. Yep, and. You know, like they added all Horford, who's not really a you know a, a threat from the three point line. Going into, a, I mean, the Raptors are just a very strong defensive team, and the fact that they're the best defensive team on the three point line, and they have such a big, strong, athletic uh, front line, I uh, like for Joel Embiid and Al Horford to contend. Man, like the matchup just got weaker, I believe, against the Raptors, and you know, like given all of that, I I see the Raptors coming out on top. Even though they don't have Kawhi Leonard, that's so interesting that you brought it brought that up, uh, Carson. Because uh, now I now I don't see a path to <laughs> at all. I mean, if you really want to know if that like how well your your uh, shooting is going to be, I mean, you the Raptors I feel like a good test. Even if they're number one, if you could shoot well against the Raptors, then I think you'll be fine in the playoffs. That's, that's the way I look if- at it. Okay, yeah, that's, it's a big if. if. Yes, I agree <laughs> with that. But, hey, if they want to have some, like, positives, something positive to look forward to going into the playoffs, this is their chance. <laughs> because, I mean, I'm pretty sure all three of us agree that the Raptors have underperformed what we thought they were going to be, right? I'm pretty sure all three of us agree with that. Like, we all thought they were going to be better than what they are now. You mean the 76ers? I mean, 76ers. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not the Raptors. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it is right. Like this, this will really be a good, a good test for the 76ers, right? Are they really ready to make a huge playoff run in the, a huge playoff run against someone like the Raptors, super strong defensive team, with a highly statistical or stylistic uh, advantage over the 76ers' weakness, which is a three-point line, right? So, man, well, they can't I want to say they're the weak, really weak against that, but they're, they're middle of the pack. It's not their. They're not the best, but they're not the worst. They're just, okay. they're just middle of the pack. Fair enough. But it is like what their weak point is, right? They're strong mm-hmm. everywhere else. This is where they lack. In, uh, that's not. That's what we know is that they're lacking to be a, a very high uh, contending championship team, right? Yeah. They're, they don't have as strong as a three-point threat as they would like to have. So yeah. I think that uh, it's like you said. This is where they need to step up and show show the world that they can really – even if they can't make the three-point line, how they're going to overcome such a, a strong defensive team? Like, the Lakers mm-hmm. are going to be strong. Rap, uh, the Clippers are going to be strong. The Bucks are going to be strong. And, you know, the Raptors would be a good test to see if the 76ers really belong in that top echelon of teams that are contending for the championship. And, and just to be fair with the 76ers, because I, I, I will give them a little bit of credit. The last time they played, the 76ers did shoot 39%. From three against the Raptors, I don't know if that's like a fluke or not, but they did shoot pretty well against them the last time they played. But that was a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Time will tell. Time will tell. Anything else for that date, guys? Okay, I guess we'll move on to August 13. I gotta say, on that particular date, there's not a lot of high quality matchups for this one. I think I just picked the the matchup that seemed the most competitive and that would be the Spurs versus the Jazz actually. <laughs> really? Do you think that's competitive? I do. Um, I think, you know, I think the Jazz would give uh, give out an edge, but uh, I kind of just want to see as well how the, the Spurs are doing in the sense that uh, I always have this thought of you can never count out Popovich. Uh, but honestly, it's also because I don't really have a really good there's no other good matchups, I guess, throughout the day. And I think this is the one that's the closest to being like an equal level competition. Really? 
but all about that. <laughs> well, because this is the second last game of the season, I think. Yeah. By then, the Spurs will know if they're out of playoffs or not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's very true. And I don't know if they will be or not. I don't have high expectations for it. So maybe they'll just give up and cave in. But uh, you have the Kings and the Lakers on the other hand. That's not competitive. The Bucks and Grizzlies, not competitive. I, I, I bet to differ on the Bucks and the Grizzlies. <laughs> I think that's going to be more. Com- that's going to be the most competitive game. Assuming Giannis plays, I don't think there will be competitive. Well, that's the reason why I said it's the most competitive game because I think the Bucks are going to sit Giannis and Giannis is not going to play. <laughs> So that I, I, makes it the most competitive game. That's my opinion. So the reason why I say in particular to the Bucks is that the Bucks play a very particular way. Regardless if they're going to steamroll a team or not, they always do this thing where they put Giannis in to dominate the game. And then if they feel like the other team is getting somewhere near competitive, they just put him back in. And then, you know, if the, te- if the game is not competitive, they'll sit him out. But regardless, the Bucks are going to win, right? So that's what the that's how Budenholzer has been uh, managing Giannis's minutes throughout the whole season. Giannis plays every game, but his minutes are very well managed because if the Bucks are running away with it, they just you know let him relax. But Giannis always plays to ensure that they win, and I don't think that's going to change because it's been working for them very effectively, and they want to make sure they have as many repetitions as possible before the playoffs, right? You mean even if they secure the number one seed? Absolutely. You think Budenholzer is still going to play him? I do. Just because that's how he's been managing minutes. It's been working. That's what's been working for them very consistently, right? Yeah. And I think, so, yeah, I think he will play them. It's just he probably won't play Giannis a lot of minutes, but Giannis will still play. And you oh, see, man. like. I, I, I really think that he doesn't want him to play. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think he'll want to play just to have consistency. And the fact that that's how what they've been doing to win, right? And I think momentum and confidence is important for them because there have been a lot of games where Giannis didn't have to play and taking like the Kawhi road where he didn't have to play. But the impact that he has with very little amount of minute that's needed, like I don't see why he wouldn't play in the scenario as well. And then you go on to the Wizards and Celtics, not competitive at all. Uh, Blazers and Nats, not competitive at all. Maybe the Pelicans and the Magic, I could see being competitive. So this is the game I picked. And yeah. I, I mm-hmm. think it can be competitive, but I'm more interested in the lineup or the matchup, uh, specifically uh, Zion Williamson. And I assume it will be Aaron Gordon guarding him. Yeah, that will be rough, but the thing, I think this would be a competitive game because if assuming the Pelicans are still within the eighth seed race for the playoff hunt, uh, Zion Williamson is actually, or he's outside the bubble right now due to a family emergency. And then he, when he comes back, he has to be, you know, he has to go through the quarantine procedures. There is an update on that. He's already back in the bubble, but he is okay. in the bubble. Right. So he, I think he is going to take a while for him to, to rev up to, you know, get into game shape. So I think by this point in the season, he'll probably be playing a lot of minutes just assuming the Pelicans are still in the playoff hunt. It'd be a good game to watch because I feel like you'll see a lot of Zion Williamson uh, against Orlando Magic. Supposedly a very good defensive team. We'll see how the Magic can contain Zion Williamson. uh, Well, especially if they don't have Jonathan Isaac. So if Aaron Gordon can stop him, you know, Nikola Vukovic is not going to block or stand in the way of Zion Williamson. So it could be a very good, like, dunk fest for... It could be a very entertaining show just to see Zion Williamson. Yeah, definitely. I That probably would have been my other game to watch for just because of Zion being able to see him play at a, you know, high-stakes game for the Pelicans because they are trying to get the eighth spot. And I'm assuming it would be very closely... They have one of the easier schedules, so I expect them mm-hmm. to be in a tight race for the eighth spot with the Blazers and the Grizzlies. So besides the Spurs and Jazz, probably the Pelicans and Magic would have been my other choice. The last game is Mavericks and Suns, which could be competitive, I guess, but not interesting at all, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what's your pick, Carson? My pick is still going to be the Bucks and the Grizzlies. I I honestly believe Mike Budenholzer is not going to play Giannis. Uh, they they are have they have the number one spot secured. Last season was different. Last season Giannis didn't even play the last game, and the only reason he played every other game before that was because the Toronto Raptors were just were still in the neck for competing for the number one seed. And it's a little different this year. They are far and away 
the front runner for number one seed. Okay. So it doesn't it, if, if he plays Giannis this season, he sh- and he gets injured. Do you know how stupid that's gonna be? Yeah, I mean, like why would you why would you want to risk that? He's not. I don't think he's that stupid to risk that, especially if he already has number one seed. Every team before them who's like number two on downwards, they have to win all eight games, pretty much in order to compete for the number one seed against the Bucks. There is absolutely no way that he's going to Budenholzer is going to play Giannis. There's no way. Absolutely like I say, no I think he'll play him, but just not a lot of minutes. No, like, I, I highly doubt still it. Still keep him in game shape. Yeah, I mean, to Carson's point, like it, I do think it's a possibility of that happening. But if that were to happen, I don't see why he would play any of the starters in the first place either. He, he shouldn't. I, I don't think he's going to. And I wouldn't see that as a competitive game. Then you know, it's like it wouldn't be an interesting game because then you're putting the scrubs from the Bucks against the Grizzlies, who would be trying to get into playoffs. I still think it's going to be competitive. <laughs> I shouldn't say scrubs. Like, they're good players, but it's like, you know, it's uh, it's a bunch of role players versus the um, the Grizzlies, which I guess could be competitive. I wouldn't be interested in watching that, however. You know, it just wouldn't be a, an attractive game, I guess. I, I feel like they, they, there are other, like, they'll still play like Brooke Lopez. I don't know about Chris Milton. He's probably not going to play. Giannis definitely. I don't think he's going to play. Right, but right. I feel. I still think they're going to play Eric Bledsoe and Brook Lopez, which I think is still going to be competitive enough to beat the the Grizzlies. Okay. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I see Carson's point. Uh, whether it's competitive or not, I wouldn't. I'm more with David. I don't think it, it'll be hard to see, like because I, then. I, they I'll wouldn't want to play though, anyways, Star right? power-wise, it's not going to be that great. I think you're really underestimating the Grizzlies. They're not in the eighth seed because of luck. They are in the eighth seed because they're a good team. And I think if you took Giannis out, I think they, the Bucks will really struggle. Yeah, especially with John Moran's a huge mismatch for that defense. Like, they need Giannis to hold down the paint. I don't think but, they're going to play Giannis anyway. Yeah, but then, like, yeah, they don't yeah. need to win. So, it's, yeah. I mean, I could see that. I just if they don't play Giannis, I don't think it'll be competitive. However, that's just... I agree with you. If they play Giannis, it's gonna be a complete blowout. But I don't think they're gonna play Giannis. I hope they don't play Giannis. All right, all right. He's not, so he's not worth it. It's not worth it for them. Let's move on to the last game, last day, August fourteenth of the last day of the regular season, and we have some very good games. Uh, why don't you start us off, Carson? What do you, what would you watch this, this game? Right. So this one. I want to say the Heat versus the Pacers, but I don't want to pick them again. Mainly because I just want to see TJ Ward and Jimmy Butler go at it again. But I, I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to play this game. Unless for some reason uh, the 76ers are right there neck and neck with them for the number four seed. Then I can see Jimmy Butler playing this game. But I feel like they're, they're going to secure their fourth seed. The game I really want to watch for this one is the Nuggets and the Raptors. That's the game I want to watch. Mainly because I want to see if Bobo is going to play. And I don't know if that's a <laughs> big enough reason to do it. But, I mean, if anybody has seen the, pre- the I guess, the scrimmage game with uh, Bobo, it, they, the Nuggets played an interesting lineup with Bobo and Jochik. Pretty much it was like a big lineup. And I think uh, Paul Millsap was the like, shortest player at 6'8". Like, Paul yeah, Millsap, it was six, Mason Pumley and Jeremy Grant. Were yeah, it was... It was very interesting watching Bobo play, <laughs> and I wanted, and I feel like I, I want, I feel like it's the last game of the pretty much just the bubble, regular mm-hmm. season. I feel like Bobo's gonna get some minutes. I, I just want to see him play against the Raptors and see how well he does, since this is actually gonna count towards uh, their record and not just like a, a practice game, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hate to burst your bubble, Carson. I don't think he's gonna play at all. The reason oh, why man, he's in that man. lineup. Is because they really didn't have any other players. Like they barely had anyone available during that game, so they kind of had to stick to that lineup. Well, I mean, I still want to see Bobo play. He he did put he played pretty well. Yeah, in a scrimmage. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you you just want to see? It's the last game of the season. I mean, I don't think pretty much by now you're gonna know whether or not what your your seating should be intact. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I don't understand, like, I guess it's because he had, you know, his dad playing the NBA back back in the days, Manu Bo. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I don't really, I'm not really interested 
you know, I think he still has a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. You know, he's coming from a big name. And I think, you know, he deserves attention because he is a prospect. But, you know, like any other prospect, he still needs to prove himself. And I don't think a single, you know, scrimmage game really tells us much. I I don't know. I'm just not that excited. I, I am excited for the game, though. That was my pick, but not because Bobo can play. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I just don't. I, I think by that game, the, the Nuggets will pretty much every team will know where their standing is. I don't think they're going to play their starters since there's a last game. And if they do play their starters, it's going to be for very limited minutes. Yeah. Let's see. The Nuggets are in third. I mean, yeah. they're in they're in range of getting in second place, right? They're one game mm-hmm. or yep. Yep. one win behind the Clippers. So mm-hmm. depending how the regular season goes, they might still be in it trying to get second seed. Um, you got a point there. And then you also point. have the Raptors, who they're very tight, tightly close with the with the Boston Celtics, right? So it's hard to predict how well they're going to be doing during this eight-game period. But, you know, it's very likely that they will be trying to get the second seed. You know, they're both kind of in the same position, trying to, the Raptors trying to maintain second seed and the Nuggets trying to get the second seed. So, you know, I could see that game being very competitive for that reason. Stylistically speaking, I'm very interested to see how Jokic handles that Raptors defense. Um, we know that, you know, the offense runs through Jokic, uh, and he relies a lot on shooters being able to shoot well, but mm-hmm. kind of like Jamal Murray uh, being the sharp shooter that he is. But we, like Carson just mentioned, Raptors are a very strong uh, defensive team from the three-point line and the front line as well. So being that Jokic is such a savant, and being as a playmaker, I, I'm just curious to see how he handles that and how they're able to, how he's going to put his team in a position to win. I just, you know, to me, it's, you know, I have very high standards for the Raptors defense, but then again, I can't just assume they're going to win every game because they're a very good <laughs> defensive team. So I'm curious to see how the Nuggets are going to come off and try to pull out a victory. So uh, I think that's what intrigues me in that matchup. Just, just want to point this out. Uh, Nuggets did sweep them. Well, not well. I wouldn't say sweep. I'm not gonna say sweep, but they did blow them out last game. My, but the uh, Raptors did not have Marcus All that game, so it might work. It might be. It'll probably be different because they actually have somebody who can guard Yochik uh, because they got blown out the last time they played. It was like uh, the score was 118 to 133, and that was at that was at Nuggets. So the Raptors were there was a home game for the Nuggets. With no Marcus All, now, do you think Marcus All is going to be able to play against uh, Jokic? I mean, he's definitely going to take one of his key weapons, which is the post up, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't. Marcus All was a defensive player of the year, and it's a big reason why the Raptors got him last year to anchor down that defense, have a big body against big body players like Jokic, Embiid, mm-hmm. and, B, and uh, Giannis. So you know, it definitely adds another sense of security for the Raptors which would allow the perimeter to be that much more uh, stabilized and be more aggressive on the defensive end on the perimeter. So I do think it makes a huge difference for them. And 18 re- uh, Jokic had 18 rebounds, 11 assists, and 23 points on 73% in his last game. <laughs> so he had a monster game. But, you know, I want to see... I, I do think Gasol definitely makes it... Uh, definitely makes it a very... Uh, much harder for him to pull off those stats. So, yeah, I th- it'll make a big difference. So we'll see. I, I, cause the only reason I'm saying that is because Mar- just because Joel Embiid uh, hasn't had a good game against the Raptors, Jochik is a completely different player than Joel Embiid. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and their, not, their style is completely different. I'm not saying – I think, you know, that's a good point because uh, Embiid is just – He's a, a specialist in a sense. Yeah. In a, like he's a very he's very strong on the post up, right? Because of yeah. his footwork, his size, and he he can kind of overpower people. But you know, Jokic, yes, he's such a toolbox with many different tools, right? He can yeah. step to the three point line, he can pass, he can post up, and that's where he brings a lot of problems. And I but what I think caused a lot of problems for the uh, for the Raptors in that matchup is that Jokic could just post up and that. Without Marcus Saul, right? Yeah, being there to contend a post because Jokic is such a big body, right? Mm-hmm. And I wonder how 
anyways, I was gonna tangent like I wonder how him being slimmer is gonna might be a disadvantage in the post up, right? But anyways, if Jokic can assert himself in the down low, that'll open up the perimeter a lot, which would allow him to, you know, give us uh, pass out, uh, allow him to have that many assists like he did in the, that last game. And, uh, you know, looking at his percentage, you can see that he really didn't have a hard time scoring down low as well and getting rebounds. So, you know, if they at least have Margo Gasol to take away that security, make, like if the if the Raptors know that the uh, the post is not a weapon for Jokic because Gasol is able to anchor down Jokic, then we know that he's going to have to step outside. He's going to have to pass out. And the, def- the perimeter defense is going to have a much easier time asserting that uh, – the, the perimeter defense and I think that's huge like a huge uh, a huge point for the Raptors to be able to stand up to the Nuggets so uh, just any I ha- I'm putting a lot of faith in Marcus Gasol just kind of like he had a huge impact to the Raptors last year when they added him halfway through the season I also kind of see I want to see if OG Ananobi is going to have a monster game because he had a monster game against the Nuggets at 32 points Yo, I'm not even looking at the points. I'm looking at the steals. He had seven steals that game. Yeah, and he shot 75%. Yeah. It is very impressive. Seven steals, that's a lot. I, I, To be like this game, I if Jochik plays, I feel like that. I'd rather see that kind of a matchup than against than, uh, Marcus Gasol versus Joel Embiid. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It's very like, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, I think Jochik will be a lot. It will be a lot more fun to watch him being def- defended against by Marcus Gasol than Joel Embiid. I, I feel like Joel Embiid's pretty much. A, I, I don't want to say one trick pony, but I feel like it, it, he's easier to game plan around. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's a very intriguing matchup. Like I'm very curious to see how that's gonna, what they're gonna do, right? How yeah. they're gonna crack that or. How the Raptors are gonna try to stop that that offense? I guess since they already shown that they can stop uh, the Raptors defense without a uh, well, not stop. They can blow through the Raptors defense without Gasol. So yeah. we'll see if Gasol can be that difference maker. Yeah, and I I understand your enthusiasm for Bobo, but I don't know. To me, he's just more like a unpolished Mo Bamba. So I, I don't. <laughs> I mean, you could just watch Mo Bamba if you want to get all the. It's <laughs> true. I just feel like you know it's the last game. It's yeah. I feel like pre-war. I don't even know if uh, the stars are even going to play that much. To be honest with you, the last game already. Yeah, yeah that that's my concern, um, especially for my pick of the game because I'm concerned if, if how much minutes the stars will play. But I picked the Rockets for the Seventy Sixers. I mean, even if the stars don't play a lot of minutes, they should still play some type. Like they just, I assume, will play the first quarter. So we get, and I picked this matchup because I want to see how well Joe and B could handle against the Rockets. Can they outrun him, or can he stick with it and dominate the Rockets on the offensive end? Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. As well, especially if he has calf issues, or he still have injury issues or if the 76ers still have to limit him minute wise it won't be as fun to watch without him there and interesting stat i brought up was i i you know joe and b wouldn't be able to keep up but um he the the 76ers actually have the 10th best pace with this lineup tobias harris joe and b josh richardson ben simmons and dipole mm-hmm. uh, that shows to me that at least joe and b can be can be part of a high or at least a fast-paced offense and what's really interesting when i was looking at that stat was the heat actually was number one in the in the lineup with the with the best pace and that is the line of andre Iguodala, goran Dragic, jimmy butler bam Abayo, and duncan robinson oh man like, i'm not surprised <laughs> yeah i'm not surprised about that lineup they want to go fast <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that line might be able to outgun opponents, but can they contain opponents for the Heat? Yeah, I don't know, but... Yeah, that, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. <laughs> so it shows that Joel Embiid can run. He can't be part of a fast-paced offense, but will he play a lot of minutes in that game? But I just want to see how or how well he could hold up if he plays at all, yeah. You you have a point there, because if I didn't pick the Nuggets, that's, that was actually my uh, next game that I wanted to see, mainly because of the headline of Joel Embiid and 
uh, Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. They both of them had had beef before <laughs> in past seasons, and I just want to see that. I, w- I just want to see if anything's going to happen. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is probably game. the only time they could play against each other. Yeah, exactly. Unless both of them make it to the finals, so mm-hmm. and you'll never know because they both, the Rockets and the Seventy Sixers are they're good teams. As much as I bash on them, and <laughs> right. But I I will admit that they are both of them are good teams. Okay, well, I think that's it for today's episode, right? I just want to remind the listeners that the season starts this Thursday, and so we'll be covering the Heat's first game on Saturday, I believe, and then we'll we'll cover it this coming Sunday uh, in very good detail, a lot of statistical analysis. So don't miss that episode. We're going to have a lot of information, and we're all very excited to get season back. So mm-hmm. we'll see you guys this coming Sunday. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.